is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 203, International Women in Aviation Conference 2019, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Victoria Nubel attended the 2019 International Women in Aviation Conference in Long Beach, California. I am really am jealous. Uh, got some great interviews. The event was awesome from both what Victoria posted on Facebook and all the social media and also from what my friends told me about it. Let's do the pre-flight. But before we actually get started with that, a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, don't forget to visit our sponsor, AviationCareersPodcast.com, for scholarships, career coaching, and interview preparation. Uh, and also, you're listening to this uh, on April 1st, and tomorrow starts Sun and Fun. I'm very excited about that, and we're going to have a whole crew there. Uh, so don't forget to stay tuned for the interviews here on the Stuck Mike Avcast from Sun and Fun. We're going to do a daily show, and uh, you can also listen to Sun and Fun during the event and all year by going to liveatc.net slash SNF. I think you really will enjoy the show. By the way, don't forget, if you're at the show, say hi to us. Even if we're on the deck and we're doing interviews, we're next to the Sunset Grill across from Honda Generators. Come by, say hi, wave at us, and uh, and if you can, get a selfie with yourself, maybe with us in the background. If we can't come up there, of course, if we're in the middle of an interview, we can't. But look for one of the people from the Stuck Mike uh, Avcast and... Go and put hashtag Stuck Mike Selfie out there in all your social media. Well, anyway, uh, we, Victoria had a wonderful time over at uh, the Women in Aviation Conference. Uh, and Victoria, hey, it's, uh, I heard it was awesome, and uh, welcome. It was. It was such an amazing experience, and uh, my first time at WAI, so I didn't know really what to expect, but the amount of people I met, the new people, and then the old friends I got to see again, um, and the, the special guest speakers, it really made for um, a re-energizing weekend. Yeah, and re-energizing is really important. And, and by the way, uh, this conference, uh, a lot of the people that were there will be at Sun and Fun. Peggy Chambrian will be there every day. I think it's 11, 11.30. Don't quote me on that one. I forgot the time. But it's around that time we have uh, Women Shine. Every day, every year, we do the same thing, but there's some amazing interviews. Uh, we sometimes have the Women Air Force Service pilots come up. We have many of the different people that are involved in women aviation, and we also have some very inspirational stories. So I can't wait to see everybody there and uh, see the folks there at, uh, at Sun and Funds. I'm very excited about the fact, too, that uh, I think they have an anniversary uh, Women in Aviation does. So I'm, I'm just going to queue it up with that and let Peggy actually announce it during the event. Uh, But Victoria, tell us a little bit about uh, what you did at the conference and also uh, then introduce maybe what we're going to hear in some of the interviews. 
Yeah, um, the conference was quite fun. Um, I traveled with a friend, and the day before the conference, I actually uh, rented a aircraft, a Cessna 172, and a flight instructor, and we flew around Catalina Island and then through the LAX SFRA, right over LAX. Awesome. So that really kicked off the trip, being <laughs> oh, able to man. fly in California um, and kind of get a feel for all that crazy airspace out there. So that was remarkable. Um, but then, yeah, the conference every morning started with, you know, a really cool, interesting speaker. We had the ladies, uh, one of the ladies from the Hidden Figures come speak to us. Also, people from SpaceX have been a huge SpaceX nerd lately. So um, great motivational people. And then um, food, exhibits, everything you can have at a convention. Uh, WA had it, and I'm really looking forward to going again. Um some of the people I met are the ones that you'll hear on the interviews today. Uh, the first interview is with uh, beautiful ladies, Natalie, Krista, and Rachel. And they all have different backgrounds from aviation, but they're all females in the aviation industry. And so it was so great to speak with them and kind of have a round table discussion about what was happening. And then the second interview is with uh, Jennifer and Barbara, who both work at NASA Kennedy. And so we really bonded over the space space geeking. And then it turns out they are both learning to fly together as well. So they're going to um, record their whole entire process of their private pilot journey. And they hope to solo on the same day as well. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, I've seen their website. Uh, it's actually uh, kennedyflygirls.com. you got to check it out. And by the way, those links we'll have at the bottom of the show notes for all this, uh, the Women in Aviation, uh, the conference that they had in Long Beach, and all the other information on the Kennedy Fly Girls. And also, there was another uh, YouTube video, by the way. We're about to publish that, uh, and we're going to have that at the bottom of the show notes, too. Tell us a little bit about that YouTube video. I have been on a roll lately. I first went to Florida at the beginning of the month, then California, and I'm going back to Florida for sun and sun. But my first trip in Florida was with another NASA social, and I got to see the SpaceX Crew Dragon Demo 1 launch. And that included uh, three days of touring around NASA, some really cool backstage stuff, and it concluded with the launch. And um, in this about 10-minute video, you're going to see everything I got to see and tell you a little bit about the experience I had. Well, cool. Can't wait to see that. And uh, anyway, well, let's, let's stop talking. Let's start uh, actually listening to some of those interviews and we'll, uh, we'll meet you at the end of the interviews here. So let's go ahead and uh, Mr. Producer, go ahead and queue up those interviews. Now entering cruise flight. Hey, this is Victoria from the Stuck Mike Avcast, and I'm at the Women in Aviation International Conference in Long Beach, California. And I have met some lovely ladies here uh, this weekend that I would love for you guys to meet and talk with. Um, I've got Natalie, Krista, and Rachel with me. And what I really like about this conference is everyone comes from all walks of life, but we all have one major passion, which is aviation. Actually, we just uh, a moment ago met Tammy Jo Schultz, walked by, and we all bombarded her. And um, let's start. <laughs> let's start with Natalie here. What did you think when um, you went over and talked with uh, Tammy? She spoke with us earlier this morning during uh, breakfast, and she's uh, she's really tall. She's really tall. <laughs> like whoa, she's a giant. Um, she was. I mean, her talk was so good. I was emotional. I mean, I was like 
crying. It was so, she did such a good job and she's such a, I don't know, she's just a very relatable person. She's a really nice person. Um, and I just thought she was really down to earth and it was great. Yeah, and when I heard her talk, I was definitely tearing up and crying and I told myself, I need to go meet her. And she was doing, um, I met her like a couple hours before this very moment that we got to see her for the second time, waited in line to take a picture with her and I was shocked that I didn't cry and that I was able to get out everything that I wanted to say. Just so grateful at how not only is she an amazing Navy pilot, um, flying everything from the T-38 to the A-4 to the F-18 where she met her husband Dean, but flying at that captain for Southwest Airlines and how she, the reason that we're up there as pilots in the commercial, because I'm a Delta Airlines flight attendant, so I get to schmooze and talk with the guys in the cockpit all the time and they're super inspiring to me. And only like once a month do I even get to see a first officer or captain that's a female. So to know that she was up there and that's why we're up there is for those emergencies, to make those emergencies go well and to the point where people don't even realize sometimes that you've lost an engine or you're having at Delta, we call them yellow emergencies or red emergencies. And I was in flight school at ATP down at Fort Lauderdale Executive studying for my instrument lessons and was on the ground studying when the message came over the internet that she, um, that the Southwest had had an emergency landing in Philly, flight 1380. And I believe it was April 17th, 2018. And then to hear that it was a woman, I thought it, that that was amazing. And what I told Tammy, which um, I wonder if she had heard it before, is that out of 55 students in my flight school, only five of us were females. And all the boys were like, oh, well, it wouldn't have been an emergency landing if it was a guy up there. Like that, that happened oh, because no it way. was a female. And I was like, okay, boys, of course you, of course you get your boys. Cause of course you have to knock that down. Like we're, we're here to be a team. We're here to work together. You know, I'm trying to make so that there's not a line any longer. Like, and here Tammy is stepping up, doing an amazing job. And I told her, I was like, the boys are making fun of you for being a woman. And she's like, and when, during her story, during her talk too, she's like, it was not all easy. And there were plenty of men that told her that she couldn't do it. She couldn't join the Air Force. She couldn't join the Army. Finally, someone gave her foot in and she was able to join the Navy. And it's gonna be like that. And thankfully in 2019 it's it's less like that but there's a reason why there's only seven percent female pilots it's all those females that put that door and where the trailblazers before us um, didn't make it so easy and it would be wonderful for the day that like our generation or our daughters don't even realize that there was even a difference. They don't have a door. There's no There's nose. no door. There's no gender. There's no race, you know, difference at all. Now, your company was actually very supportive for your flight training. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? By the way, this is Krista speaking. Yes, uh, <laughs> Krista Campbell. And when I was a new hire in 2011, I was 25 years old and I worked with this um, a flight attendant named Evan Cupolo. We call him LJ for short. That's his nickname. And not only is he hilarious, but back then on the Airbuses, we had um, double-sided carts and he spoke to me in only movie quotes. And, <laughs> and like just to try to ask him for like a soda or more oh ice gosh. on his side of the cart, it would be something hilarious, you know, like Adam Sandler based or something. Mm -hmm. And then in the back alley, he's like, I, I just finished with all my ratings. I got a leave from Delta. I graduated at ATP. Um, he, he didn't get to finish through a CFI, but he got come multi and he was 
doing the best he can to be also a flight attendant, making great money at Delta, but his ultimate goal is to be pilot. And he said that you should be a pilot. And he inspired me to finally take my first flight lesson uh, two years after. I went and got my private written uh, right away and studied for three months before I even went up to take my second flight ever. And then I decided, okay, he got to leave from Delta years before, four years before. And there had been little trickling down the way that there was going to be a pilot pathway program that eventually they named Propel, which I think Propeller and Propel is a great name. <laughs> but it wasn't quite yet in place. We had just come out with new uniforms. We were working with a lot of other things on the back end, um, you know, finishing our merger with Northwest back into 2011 and now these new uniforms and revamping ourselves at Delta that the pilot pathway program was taking longer than they had expected to come out. But I was ready now in January of 2018. And I couldn't wait till December 1st of 2018 for them to get their act together. But they had already released what the requirements were gonna be. And that was at least 100 hours, at least your PPL, your private, uh, at least a four-year bachelor's degree, and ha at least three years with the company. Well, I was all of those things, mm -hmm. and nothing was going to stop me from them telling no. And I jokingly say that I incepted them just like that movie and went into their dreams <laughs> and said to them that <laughs> you are going to give Krista Campbell this leave because there's no reason not to. And the day that I got the call for my FSM on that they have a meeting every once a month on a Tuesday, and I was able to slide it in uh, the first week of February, and my my start date was supposed to be the third week of February. So I found out only less than two weeks prior to my start date, I had already taken out half my 401k, a $25,000 oh loan from Sally Mae, paid the five grand down, and shoved all my chips into the poker table. Wow. And when my field service manager came back and said, we saw no reason to give it to you, that's exactly what I said, that I said, they're gonna tell me that there's yeah. no reason that they can't give it to me and that's exactly what she said to me and I knew that all the meditation all the praying all of the blessings like had worked they to get me off. to that point mm -hmm. and that's what, and I, I had been invited by Abington from a women's in aviation to help um, either contribute or write to one of the columns for the magazine and was putting together stories that we were gonna call like behind the door or you know push your call light for help about the flight attendant's perspective with working with pilots and what it's like to be a private pilot trying to get to yeah. crawl your way to the cockpit. And there's yeah. a lot of you out there. Yeah, yeah. there's there's yeah. A, a good number of us, 45 that I know of personally that I interact with mm -hmm. on a daily basis on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, whenever I call the pilots, like I joke, I sit at one right, that's what you where you sit when you're the flight reader. And I call them, I was like, one day I'm gonna sit at zero left or zero right. You know, I love up it. there. You've got exactly. your goals. Yep, and that's going to be me. And I sure enough, so Delta was super really, supportive. Yeah, supportive. And say. they they helped me. It, and it wasn't always that way, but it finally took a manager who had my back um, in New York to help push the way through. And wow. thankfully, they were already putting that pathway into place, and I had already met those requirements. Yeah. And now they just granted 15 um, new slots, um, including women. And they are on their leave right now, getting their. And ATP is one of the top two schools in the nation, and it was even named name dropped in some of our um, press releases. And I was attending ATP when they were name dropping it, and I was like really, really proud. Um, <laughs> Do you know Don yeah. Anderson? No, nope. she's a flight attendant with Delta. They got accepted into the Propel program. Yeah, where she based very recently. Um, I want to say, well, I met her in Florida. She, I met her also. Um, through Facebook and um, she had applied for my first scholarship that I gave away uh, two years ago I guess 
and um, but I think she's in Phoenix or she's maybe based in Arizona somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. You don't have to be in Arizona, but okay. she very well could commute from okay. Arizona. I, I think she, I think she may commute. Like her dad lives in Florida, and she lived there for a while, Pensacola, and her house got like wiped out in that um, that uh, tornado. Yes. Um, anyway, but she just got accepted into that program, and she's super excited about Excellent. it. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So you had a good experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a little bit of a trailblazer because I came back on the line um, in the end of September. Okay. Uh, and then at that point. I was running uh, two crash pads for female pilots and flight attendants in order to help me pay for flight school. And I knew that I had to move on and put all my eggs into one basket when it became the finishing my pilot goals or you know moving on from there. And so I had to stop running the crash pads. I cut all my ties with New York and I transferred from New York to Salt Lake City and moved there officially November 1st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here at Women's in Aviation, I just, it was like that that fire under your belly, you know, that you know you have, but you're looking for that fuel yeah. to ignite it. Yeah. And so I knew in January, I was like, I got to come back to Women's in Aviation. Last time I was here, I only had my private, now I have commercial mm-hmm. multi. Mm-hmm. And I met some amazing women um, that own their own flight schools in Salt Lake, some women that now work for SkyWest, which is the regional in Salt Lake. Um, and some other pilots for, from Compass, and, and that's kind of what we're looking to. And what's awesome is the four of us that are sitting here are all working on our CFI, yeah. you know? <laughs> and that's just like the vibration that you put out. Is, oh, not me yet. Yeah, but- <laughs> I need to take some lessons. Yeah, but I would love to learn from any one of you once you get your CFI. Like, sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up. I like this level of support and friendship and connection because you you never know who you meet, where it's going to bring you. Um, Natalie here, she very nonchalantly said it earlier. Her scholarship winner. So, um, speaking of supportive people, tell us a little bit about your scholarship and what you did and how you got. What's your story? Okay, so my story is um, my dad was in the Navy. Uh, he was a pilot, and then he flew for FedEx. Um, and I was a little intrigued by that. I just thought it was like this glamorous travel life. I really never flew with him because it was all you know work-related stuff. And I was a kid, but I always thought there's something about that that was very appealing to me. Um, really, my flying came from my uncle, Robert, who flies um, warbirds, and he would take me flying in our little municipal airport. Uh, he had two sons, but they really didn't care anything about flying, and I loved it. I mean, I went up with him. He does aerobatics and stuff like that, and I just loved it. I mean, any Saturday or Sunday that he would take me, I was I wanted to go, and I knew I just knew I was going to someday have my pilot's license, and I didn't know if it was for fun or what it was going to turn out to be. Um, so fast forward a few years. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. We'll just say fast forward. A few kids and a few years. Um, and the time came when I had actually created a bucket list in 1999, and it was one of the items on my list. And I pulled it out and was checking off some things. It was kind of at a low point in my life. And I was checking off some things, and I was like, you know what? Earned my private pilot's license was on there, and I was like, I think I'm going to do this. I think it's time to do this. And um, it was very scary, very intimidating. I thought, I don't know if I'm smart enough to do this. I have no idea, but I got to give it a try, or I'm going to regret it. And I'm not getting any younger. So decided to go. Um, loved that first lesson, and just knew I'm all in. It was like, uh, you know, I had all these hobbies and like I played tennis and volunteered at the kids schools and I was like that's all 
gotta, gotta stop. I gotta make room for this. We all have that moment that it just has to happen and yeah. you know nothing else really matters and until we get it done. And, and you like, have to sacrifice some things. You it's do. like I can't do this on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. So what am I gonna cut it's out? A commitment. What am I willing to give up? And I was willing to give up a lot. Um, so yeah, I started flying and once I started flying, um, I really was passionate about getting other women to fly because it, it really boosted my confidence. It really it changed me. Like I felt like I was capable of anything mm-hmm. with each lesson. I thought, oh my gosh, I can do this and I want other women to feel like this and to feel this empowerment and so then um i was looking for some clothes that displayed that i was in aviation i'm a woman and i'm in aviation so you can be too you know kind of thing and came up with this logo um fly girl which you can find on flygirllc.com there you go good job (laughs) Uh, and when i created the clothes it was really for fun and then i had this idea of having a scholarship to help women because it's expensive flying is expensive um and i wanted to be able to help them either on their journey as a in a career or as a hobby general aviation i'm a huge fan of general aviation love the air shows love the warbirds love all that um and i just wanted more women to get into it so i thought okay i'm going to use these product sales the proceeds to fund these scholarships and really make very little money off, off the off the products um, people seem to like them uh, you know I mean I, it's not like a huge like seller but people buy them and most of the scholarships has been self-funded um, make a little bit off the products and then um, most I was gave away my first scholarship $5,000 scholarship two years ago just gave one away $2,500 scholarship and then I gave another one $2,500 scholarship complete surprise out of the blue thing that I just decided this girl has got to have the scholarship so I decided to give it to her and um, I don't know it's like the more you give the more you want to give mm-hmm. yeah. no, it feels just, good it's just like so, the more oh you gosh, fly the more you fly so good. more yeah. people you introduce to aviation the more you want to do it and they're so appreciative yes. and it just is that boost you know that they need and that just is so fulfilling to me to be able to to do that um so I just ended a two-week fundraising campaign. My goal was to raise $2,500. I was so nervous that I was not going to make it when I initially started it. And in the end, I raised nearly $17,000. Woo! Oh, my gosh. That's, That's a lot of scholarships. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still elated. I feel like it. I, I was hated real? <laughs> to announce it because I thought, I just can't even believe it. I just... I. I it's like, but it's real because of the money sitting there in my PayPal account. And it's like, oh my God, this really happened. And I did this. And that felt like, oh my God, if I can do this, then some other woman can do things. And they need to know that you're capable of doing that. I, mean, I don't know anything about fundraising. And because we're not out into it to just succeed for ourselves. You know, no. successes because we all want to exceed. And that includes somebody being that droplet, that drop of water at the very top of the crest of the wave. And we, when we take that jump to plunge, then everybody knows what the path is and they can follow us too. Yeah, so, and it wasn't oh. even hard. I mean, it was hard, like hard work, but it was fun. It was. Because you know, I yeah. knew it was like, this is for something that I'm so excited about. It wasn't like work. You know, I thought... I just love it. I, I just think that's it. kind of like why we do all this extracurricular stuff in aviation. So we could just go to work 
whether you're a flight attendant or an airline pilot and come back home. But there's people like I could speak for, I know I can speak on behalf of the guys at the podcast is, you know, we record this podcast twice a month or more for a reason. It's because we love to share it and we love to be a part of it. And um, Rachel, you're kind of got a unique <laughs> thing going on, not to put you on the spot about what's your aspect yeah. of aviation um, and how you fit into all of this. Well, it's been really lovely to hear um, what Natalie and Krista and you, Victoria, have been saying about this world because I'm here. This is my first time at the Women Aviation International Conference. I'm a filmmaker. I make documentary films and specifically virtual reality documentary yes. films. So I love learning from the experiences I have in real life, right? And so that's what I'm hoping to bring to this series that I've created called With the Wind and the Stars. And it's a, a series about female pilots. And so Every episode is going to take you into the life of a different pilot to learn why she flies, to learn what is she working towards in the world of aviation right now, what challenges are standing in her way perhaps, or um, maybe what is her motivations, just to get to know each pilot on that path that they're on. And um, I came here because I am not a pilot myself, right? And when I started this project, I just thought pilots were the coolest people around. I mean, I we kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, to update that, that has not changed. I still think you... Still true. It's still true. You're the coolest people because to fly, I mean, all of us are bound by gravity to walk on the earth, right? To fly is to do this impossible thing. And there's just something so exciting about knowing that you could take the controls of this airplane, this aircraft, this machine, and, and lift it up into the sky and then return back to the earth safely. And, and when you're up in the air to experience something up there that is magical and wondrous and brings you closer to who you are, perhaps, um, to the earth. And I just am really inspired by people who do that. And uh, earlier when we were meeting with uh, Tammy Jo Schultz, you know, I think part of the reason I wanted to make a documentary series about female pilots is that I can count on one hand the number of times I've boarded an airliner and had a female pilot. Mm -hmm. And each time I was so excited, like, yes, oh, that's awesome, you know? Um, but it's also, it's just so crazy to me that there's not more women in aviation because it's such an incredible, um, not only career field, but also an enjoyable thing to do in your life, right? Mm -hmm. To challenge yourself mm -hmm. to do it. And I love general aviation and mm -hmm. warbirds, yes, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. vintage aircraft, all of that is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really do believe, like as a woman in film, as a woman in tech making VR films, I really feel like things become more possible, at least in my experience, when I see other women doing what I'm interested in doing and I feel like okay she's out there she's doing it I can make it I can keep going and there's real obstacles in our way there are these institutional barriers that are keeping us from reaching the highest level positions in some of these companies that we want to see more women represented in but if we could see more women at all levels that could be the shift that we need to bring about that equality so I like to create films that represent women and show what we're already doing, um, what we have been doing for many, many years. Since the beginning of Powered Flight, right? Women have been there doing amazing, amazing work. And so why aren't their stories more well known? Yeah. And why aren't the women in aviation today more represented in our media? When you think of a pilot, 
like most people, I think, think of a dude. I think yeah. of a middle-aged white guy. Yes. Our Delta Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> right now, our oh, nice. Tom Cruise. That's, that's yeah. a yeah. pretty that's to Like, yeah. kind of cocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, like, alpha and, like, dominating the aircraft mm-hmm. and yep. taking all these risks. And, like, and all kinds of pilots can have those personality mm-hmm. traits. But, you know, there's a lot of people in aviation and you don't have to fit that one stereotype. Mm-hmm. And so I'd really like to create this film series and start to open up who we see as pilots and see ourselves represented in the cockpit at the controls and to have that not be like I don't want to get on an airliner and have a female pilot and be like oh awesome exciting yeah, like I to always be normal. will be normal, yeah. yeah like I'll right. always be excited and support women in aviation but like you know I, I want to have that be something that's a common mm-hmm. everyday mm-hmm. occurrence and I think that virtual reality is such a great way to um, bring that message to people because when you're wearing the headset you really feel like you're there, wherever there happens to be. So it could be in Tira's airplane as she's flying. Uh, she's starting her own airline, and that's the uh, subject of episode one. Love that. Oh, yeah. When can, uh, where can we find, before we forget to say, oh, where yeah. can we find all your stuff? So if you go to withthewindandthestars.com, there's a lot of information there about uh, the project, about the pilots that we're following thus far, and all the social media accounts and everything. And I'd love for folks who are interested in the message of the film, you know, check us out on Facebook and Instagram uh, at Wind and Stars 360. Follow us on our journey. I'm also looking for sponsors, and um, I'm going to have a Kickstarter campaign happening later this summer. Oh, so perfect. there's a lot oh, of keep ways us to in be touch involved. about that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I will. That, I yeah, would love yeah. to hear more and how yeah, it goes. Yeah, I would too. Absolutely. Please. That sounds awesome. Um, I would, before we close out, I hate getting asked this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what can we as a people do? So you're obviously doing your, your episodes um, to kind of see more women in aviation and get it yeah. more out there. But like, what do you think you personally can do or what our listeners can do to help um, broaden the field of aviation to reach the minorities, to reach women, to reach black people? You know, like, how can we make aviation more broad and welcoming? Well, Delta Airlines right now on our safety video that we play on every aircraft that has in-seat entertainment. Right now, um, it's a first officer African-American female pilot, so she's breaking the barriers, and I smile every time that I get to see her send us off on a nice, safe journey, and I'm really excited, and that's kind of what we have to do, is that we have to support each other, and I'm going to be honest, when I, before I even was a pilot, I had a female pilot in the cockpit, I was working with two male flight attendants, I had an 86-year-old woman come on board with white hair, and she said two male flight attendants and a female captain this is not the plane i want to be on this is reversed you guys got it wrong i'm never gonna fly with a female pilot and it was a surreal moment and um you you kind of trap that in your mind and you look back on it now that it's been probably eight years since that moment happened and think to yourself we need to support each other You know, we need to support this generation, the next generation, and the generation that came before us. And so it's, it was surreal. Why was she not supporting female pilots? 
and then I became one and I will continue to become one and continue to inspire and every, all the guys that I fly with in the cockpit at Delta are super supportive. Every pilot I speak to here, whether it's just private or on, you know, or military flying fighter jets have been really supportive and that's what we need to do. I think that's the key. Awesome. Good luck on your journey. I have three things, three that, things. Uh, that have just come, come to mind. Okay, so I started volunteering with the Young Eagles and have flown with some girls on, on that. I think that's huge if you're a pilot to be able to, to do that. Give for the other, gift of flight. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm also, um, oh gosh, I knew, I knew from my old age, it's like <laughs> your brain just goes, ah. also when it's like, you know, you're on the Um, I saw a girl in the airport on the way here, um, at, um, a layover, where was I? Minneapolis. And there was a young girl sitting across from me and I have some pens, five roll pens and stickers. And, um, I was making a video actually for Facebook and, um, she was watching me, and I was, I was like, uh, "Are you excited about?" You know, I was just talking to her, like, "Are you excited about going flying?" And she's like, just looking at me, like, "Who are you? <laughs> Why, Why are you, you talking, talking to me, me? stranger?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Have you ever thought about being a pilot?" And she just looked at me, and I was like, "Look, I have some, I have some pins and stickers. I'm a pilot, and I just want you to know you could be a pilot too. And it's really fun. And um, look me up on social media, and um, if you have any questions, let me know. You know, just like, how old is she?" She was probably, I'd say, 10. 10. That's yeah, awesome. I would say, and, you know, I have a little, um, well, I can't say this, but, um, oh, look, it's a Goodyear blimp. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coming up We need to make this oh podcast God. into a video. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> see the view of the palm trees nice. in the blimp he's, right he's now. He's coming in, yeah. But I think, you know, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not outgoing. I'm really introverted. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not. That. You know, if I'm talking aviation, it's yeah. like, I can talk. I think talk, people's talk, faces talk. light up. Um, yeah. But if I see a girl, I just, like, bring it up. I'm just mm -hmm. like, I'm a pilot. I was like, would you like to be a pilot? What do you want to do when you don't grow up? And just, like, just start a conversation about it. And, like, you know, and let them know, I, I can do this. And I'm just an ordinary person. You can do this. So it's just an option. Just put it out there and start a conversation with, with the little girl or something to do that. That's I awesome. Love it. That's awesome. I feel like... That is so the key, you know, because she can look up to you and say, oh, okay, like this, like maybe she was never thinking that that was even an accessible thing in her future, well, you know? I mean, I don't, not like I'm looking for her to look up to me, but I just want to like put it out there. Yeah. Like, look, you can do this. This yeah. is an option. Think about it. Are you excited to fly? Yeah. Oh, take a pin. I mm -hmm. love that. I definitely think speaking with youth is so important and that's why I want to have VR screenings at schools um, and just you know, expose people to that imagery of women in aviation and show them that there are really so many women who are pilots who are working in all sectors of aviation because they say, if you see it, you can be it. So just out like, um, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but there's Gina Davis has this awesome research institute where she studies the representation of women in media and how um, Gina Davis, the actress, the Gina oh, Davis, I, yeah, I it's, wondered what she was up to. Oh, yeah. well, that's what I was not thinking of. I was like, Where did she well, go? that and archery, uh, she's <laughs> wow. up to all these amazing wow. things. Oh, archery. yeah, so she's incredible. Okay. I think she went. Yeah, no, that's like fun to, to look, look up. Into her. Right, yeah. so <laughs> if you go to the Gina Davis Research Institute online, you see like these crazy stats about how our media doesn't 
it's, it's not only that it doesn't reflect enough women, it like inaccurately portrays our world as just like more men than women mm-hmm. in crowd scenes um, and a lot of industries like the percentage of women you see as scientists in uh, popular media is even lower than it is in real life. And so um, what's so cool on her site is that they did this study and after the Hunger Games came out uh, because of Katniss and you yeah. know archery, right? Yeah. Um, it was like the number of young women in archery doubled. Oh, and wow. they could see a woman yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that didn't happen with Lord of the Rings and Legolas, mm-hmm. even no. though Legolas mm-hmm. is amazing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was to see someone who you can identify with, and then that really opens that door. And it sounds like that's what everyone here yes, is, really, is really doing. Um, but then I guess the last thing I'll say on that is that, you know, there's the younger generation, and then there's... And then there's women who are in a point in their lives where they're looking for a new adventure or maybe it is like that bucket list thing or like you're going through a tough time and you really want to know that you have the skills to be able to pursue whatever you want to pursue. Um, and I think that's what Tira really represents because she became a pilot after she was the age of 30 and single mom and um, she really had this turning point where she wanted to pursue aviation and it seemed like all the signs were saying, no, you can't, you know, this is going to be impossible for you. But she did make it possible for herself. And so I do think too, like acknowledging and, um, and owning the fact that there's a lot of women who are maybe mid career who would love to take flying lessons and just, uh, raising them up and sharing their stories, like your story of how you were looking for, looking for this new challenge, right? And it was on your bucket list yeah. from the past. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, and just the sacrifices that you had to make. I mean, I'm gonna stop drinking. Actually, I don't have things to do. I'm, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm flying yeah. a decathlon now down in uh, yes. Tamiami. And well, guess who's flying the decathlon after me? An 86-year-old woman. Fabulous. Her, wow. her daughter bought her a flight lesson Aww. without her knowing and took her up and she fell in love. And now she flies. She's retired. Yeah. She, that is perfect. Yep, and now yeah. she flies for fun and mm-hmm. she took her first flight lesson at 86 mm-hmm. years old. I love that. Yeah. That is so cool. It's like, don't ever, like, stop pursuing things. She no, loved it. Yeah. She loved it. And you might Why be in a better now? position in your life to actually mm-hmm. pursue your dreams because you maybe have some savings, you can mm-hmm. take the flight lessons, yeah. or you've just been through enough in life to know, like, yeah, life beats you down. And so when these lessons are tough and you're trying to learn your new maneuver, don't mm-hmm. give up. And... I feel like the more you go through life, the more you do understand like anything worth doing, you will have to sacrifice for that. And so uh, so that's something that I really want to work on with my series is not not just targeting younger women. You know, that is important, but all, all women, yeah. all ages, this is important to know that you can be a pilot, you can be in the world of aviation. Um, so that's something I want to work harder to Elevate. So one of my favorite quotes that a friend of mine told me was, um, anything worthwhile is hard. So, that, and that's so true. You know, if it's if it's hard, that what you, the reward you get from it is like the greatest thing. You can't just like go for easy things. And, and mm-hmm. that's just not as rewarding as when you accomplish something. So if it's hard, that's good. That's a good thing. It's gonna, it it's means it's... It'll make you better. Yeah. 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 
Well, thanks for everyone listening and joining me here today at Women in Aviation. Um, by the way, I know we're talking a lot about girls here. Men can become members. Men can apply to the scholarships. I know Carl on our podcast is a member and a big supporter of WAI. Um, it's a wonderful organization to meet many great people and do a lot of great things. So um, closing out on Girl Power, thanks for listening. This is Victoria with the Stuck Mike Avcast in Long Beach for Women in Aviation International. Hello, this is Victoria from the Stuck Mike Avcast back in Long Beach, California. And we are at the Women in Aviation International Conference. And funnily enough, I've had, um, you may have heard on the podcast that I like space and my grandfather was at Apollo and I've had all these awesome experiences and tours of NASA. And who do I sit next to? at um, uh, the main session was two girls that work at Kennedy Space Center. So with me, I have Barbara. Hello. And Jen. Hello. And um, we've been, we just had drinks over at California Pizza Kitchen and caught up on our lives. And uh, we have a lot in common and a big love for aviation and space. Um, Both of you have very diverse, interesting backgrounds. So um, Barb, let's uh, start with you. Tell me a little about yourself and how you ended up at Kennedy. All right, I am a construction manager and civil engineer at the Kennedy Space Center in construction of facilities. I did not grow up in the space program. My mother did not know we had an international space uh, station. Oh, really? No, nothing. Not until I worked at the Kennedy Space Center. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, During my engineering degree, I was at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And I showed up to my first meeting for Society of Women Engineers. And ran for president, and I won. Good girl. I held that position. <laughs> yeah, for That's two awesome. for two years, and uh, I ended up at a conference in New Orleans where they did college ball. It's called HENAC. I was drafted first round draft pick for NASA's team for college ball, and they recruited me. They tried very hard to get me on to the space center. It was an amazing trip. Three years later, I was uh, working at Kennedy Space Center, and, and now I'm full time. So you were recruited by NASA. Like they were like, we want you. On. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Yeah, I, I hadn't even heard myself say that before. I don't think. I definitely was, and I don't have a 4.0 GPA. I graduated with a 3.16. I ended up graduating from Florida Tech mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Um, I barely graduated high school, so you don't have to be the smartest of the smart. You have to be passionate and ready to go do all the things that are asked of you. So they saw your passion for space exploration and engineering pretty much is what... Absolutely. And my ability to throw myself fully into absolutely any experience. I fell off of a stage during that competition (laughs) backwards. (laughs) Yeah, and popped right back up. And they're like, we need you. (laughs) That's what they want. Because, you know, I'm sure NASA, they have had many failures over the years that they've had to come up from and in technology and, you know, who knows what. So they probably saw that in you. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. We uh, are changing um, the workforce, I think, across the nation and all of the engineering fields is changing due to technology and due to the new generations. And so this is a very exciting time. And I think NASA is doing a really good job of reaching out to folks that they think can make a genuine difference in the way the space program is run. 
What's your uh, favorite thing right now about working over at NASA? Oh my gosh. So I'm in the middle of the accelerated training program, which is uh, part of Pathways. I just graduated and came on full time. This is the first thing we do, the ATP. Uh, you can find the Pathways program at intern.nasa.gov. You're eligible at the age of 16. Um, so during ATP, I get to go explore all of the places that I wouldn't go normally. So you're going to hear from Jennifer. I got to go spend some time out with them, with the helicopters and the starfighters. I'm going to be out with security forces, the biology teams. This has been an amazing experience, getting to see why we need the facilities that we need, uh, not only for launch, but all of the other things that we do on the wildlife reserve and uh, the science and the, the labs that we work with. And funnily enough, you and I almost met just a week and a half ago. I was down there for NASA Social, and you were on the opposite bus. <laughs> I, I was. So one of the perks for being an engineer at, at the space centers, any of the space centers, is that you get to join these NASA Socials whenever you want to as a volunteer. And I was available that morning and ended up, yeah, on the opposite bus. On the opposite bus. And luckily, I sat next to you at WAI and, you know, got to space geek out because then we um, we actually had a special guest speaker from SpaceX, and I turned around to you like 12 times. We've seen that because they had pictures of the vehicle assembly building and all that fun stuff, which is just normal to you now, isn't it? I try never to take it for granted. Okay. Good. I try, yeah, to always feel that excitement and that sparkle every time that I walk out into the vehicle assembly building, even if it's every day, five days in a week, or... 20 days in a month I try to always always remember the history and and all the amazing things that have happened and will happen I'm sure a lot of pilots can relate to that because every time I go out to an airplane or at least like that first takeoff moment you don't take it for granted at all um, so how about you Jen uh, we learned a little she just gave a little preview um, you really operate you work with the rotorcraft which I didn't when I think of NASA I think of space shuttles and like engineering and I don't think of actually kind of you know rotorcraft and air aircraft yeah so I am here at Women in Aviation because I'm a board member for the Central Florida chapter of Women in Aviation, but for my normal day job, I do work at Kennedy Space Center with their rotor wing operation. And so we operate three Hueys on Kennedy Space Center where we do biology surveys, security sweeps, um, Bambi bucket flights, um, just a multitude of things out there. So yes, they've been out there since 1982 and I'm really lucky to be a part of that crew. And you've been on a Huey a few times, I believe? I have, I have. I've been very fortunate to have that flight, yeah. And you had an interesting start as well because you were working at a flight school for helicopters previously. Yeah. yeah, so just like all of aviation, rotorcraft is a very small world, and so everyone knows someone in the world. And so I was working at Bristow Academy, which is across the river from uh, Kennedy Space Center. And at the time, it was the largest civilian helicopter flight training school in the nation. And things started to you know slow down there, and the opportunity presented itself to be you know to work at NASA with the helicopters. And who doesn't want to still continue? with helicopters at NASA. I mean, like, is there anything better if you're really a rotorcraft person at heart, right? You've got the best of both worlds right there. Absolutely. <clears throat> What's, uh, do you have like a favorite experience you can share? my goodness. Uh, just being able to have the experience to see all of the Space Center from the Huey is amazing. It's We're, large. It's Can you large. Get, you don't know how big Kennedy is when you show up, especially with um, 
tell them a little bit about like the vehicle assembly building. That this place is huge. It is. Barb, isn't it the largest single story structure in the United States? Uh, I think it is the highest. It's the second largest building by volume in the world to this day. It stands 525 feet tall, and I believe it's got an acre of floor space. Yeah. It was large. It's, it's it's very it was large. very large. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what the vehicle assembly building is, is essentially uh, the Saturn V rocket was there and the shuttles were there. And that's where they take the pieces that were pre-manufactured and put together, correct? Yep. They in this facility. Mm-hmm. They stack the vehicles in that building. So. And then yep. they take it out on a big crawler, which then brings it out to the launch pad. Yes, and we'll again someday. And very soon. Yeah. Yes. Can, can you share a little bit about what's happening in the VAB right now? Uh, yeah, so the platforms are have been installed, the, the New Age platforms for SLS. They're pretty unique in that uh, they have inserts at the very end of the platform, which will fit to multiple types of rockets. So as the rockets change, we no longer have to go in and build these multi-billion dollar systems over and over again. They're a lot like a, when you think of your drawers in your kitchen, your cabinet drawers, they roll in and out that way. So oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're giant yeah drawer systems which those were some amazing uh, engineering challenges to get that to work with those weights uh, at that level, at those heights. Uh, Currently also the mobile launcher is in the VAB for fit checks. So that's what the rocket will be stacked onto over the top of the crawler and roll out to the launch pad on. And um, when you say SLS, that's the new space launch system, correct? Yes, so it is the vehicle for Orion. Okay, perfect. What's what's also kind of nice, and I, I wish I wish you would have been on my bus, is to see like more female engineers and tour guides. We actually saw. I, I think when we were at NASA recently, it was pretty 50-50. Um, there was um, an equal amount of women I saw for every man, um, at least that they presented to us. Um, but you guys have a new initiative. Um, it's it's very brand new. I think I just became your first follower about two hours ago. Um, wants to kind of share a little bit about that. I'm going to turn that over to Barbie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are starting uh, a brand uh, called the Kennedy Fly Girls. Uh, we're, we are going to document our path to getting our pilot's licenses, uh, private pilot's licenses, both of us. And we hope to, as we build a network and a following, to be able to raise scholarships for to bring other women of all ages up through the uh, learning to fly and or become mechanics, A&P mechanics, or just getting into aviation or engineering. Um, all of these fields need more women. We've we've proved over and over again that women are a valuable resource in every field, and we hope to be able to inspire women of all ages uh, to kind of redefine themselves through aviation and space. Now, you two met a year ago, but I've known you for all of like a day and a half now. You're pretty inseparable. What does it mean to have another female? on the same path as you how has that helped you and encouraged you going forward oh my gosh it's just amazing and so that's one of the things that we hope to also spread with the kennedy fly girls is that you can really find another woman to help inspire you and support you and drive you through your different you know goals so to speak and so that's another reason that we joined the the central florida chapter of women in aviation is because you know that's a small scale of what we're trying to achieve and it's already been pretty successful we've met some amazing women in our group and also here at women in aviation international conference i think that's the big benefit for anyone if you're 
um, starting out in aviation, male or female, is just finding kind of like at least a mentor or a support group or, as I said, your ride-or-die friend that will go with you everywhere and kind of encourage you and support you through the process because it is not easy. No. Um, I'm sure we all have had our stumbling blocks. And uh, what do you think, um, either of you can answer this, what do you think is like what has been a major roadblock for you that has been um, helpful to have like someone there to support you through that process so in engineering we have something called imposter syndrome that women suffer from uh, that that i for sure have suffered from a little bit walking into an uh, engineering job where i i go do i belong here do i deserve to be here uh why why did i get to be here how did i get so lucky and and the truth is if uh, through jennifer's eyes right through through other people's eyes i worked very hard to get there and it's easy to lose sight of that Mm -hmm. so having that friend to remind you that it's not i'm not an imposter (laughs) i deserve to be here and vice versa for both of us to have someone to tell you that you deserve to to go through this journey and that it's okay to stumble is invaluable. Yeah, I've I've had that same thing. And I think imposter syndrome might have come from lean in. I think Sheryl Sandberg talked about a lot in her book. Um, I've had that like on the podcast because we've got airline pilots, flight instructors, and sometimes I'm going on here talking to, you know, how many thousand people download an episode. And I'm like, should I really be here? Do I... Have I really have enough to say that's going to help people and inspire people? And, you know, I've learned over the time, especially, you know, who comes up to me at air shows to say, hey, I listen to your podcast. Thanks for doing it. I'm like, wow, you know what? I'm not an imposter. I, I, you know, I do work hard and I do share. I I try to be as vulnerable as possible and tell my ups and downs of my aviation process. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, to feel like an imposter is a hard thing. And I think we as women kind of talk ourselves not as up as we should. Um, I think I sound great on paper. I've done a lot in my life and it's just gotta, you know, own it. Yeah. But it's super beneficial to have a friend that pushes you for that stuff, you know, or a group of women that helps you or men, you know, because sometimes there are men that who are mentors, you know? Yeah, that's, um, Male or female, it's nice to have someone kind of to boost you up. Do you, do you guys have anyone else besides you? Well, you got the Women in Aviation group. Um, when, when's your, actually, when's your first flight lesson? Like, how, how are you getting started? So, I take the FE exam, which is the Fundamentals of Engineering, April 1st. Oof. I am, you got to start studying. I, I do. I have gotten through <laughs> page two of the handbook. <laughs> That's like me and my FOIs for the Fundamentals of Instructing right now. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Gotta get on these chapters. <laughs> Have another 200 pages yeah. or so before April. Uh, and, and then we're going to sit down with a couple of different schools and see what school is the best fit for us and how we're going to lay out this journey. And we, sh- we hope to have a, a schedule set up by May 1st. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So you're gonna, are you going to go together? Or are you going to like backseat pilot one another? Or do you think that's a little too close for comfort? No, I think it's important to do this journey together because, you know, we've 
just learned so much from each other and I think that we continue to help each other learn so we definitely are planning to do the whole thing together I think our first demo flight yeah I will be in the back seat when Barbara flies first and vice versa and then switch spots oh yes that's excellent and, and you learn a lot by observation too yeah. that you might have not noticed otherwise so I think it is that's going to be very helpful to both of you might I'd be interested to see how much of your time you know they say the average pilot requires 60 hours even though 40 hours is what's required but people take 60 I wonder if that would be cut down because you're observing in the back seat hmm. it'll definitely be interesting to see I'm I'm very excited to start this journey with Jennifer I have an irrational lack of fear I have <laughs> where I'm the opposite <laughs> opposites attract yeah. you can balance each other out yeah I think we're gonna need this I I've wandered through third world countries by myself um you're brave it, we, brave maybe <laughs> lots of people define it a different direction and I want to make sure that this is done the right way so that we can be an inspiration and that there we mitigate the roadblocks with the best level of education and dedication that we can throughout the entire project and process uh, and, and I think be, doing it together is going to do that for both of us. You know, Jennifer may step out of her comfort zone a little bit more. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be doing uh, aerobatics at some point oh. that might not would have been on the list. You'll have an accountability partner. Oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing like how you guys progress and staying in touch and seeing what you accomplish. Um, it's brand, brand, brand new. Um, so you'll heard it first here on Probably Stuck Mike Avcast. But where can we find you and follow your progress and get you your second and third follower? <laughs> so, we are the Kennedy Fly Girls on Instagram. Uh, we are going to make a post today. This is me committing to it. Yes. We're going to take some photos and, and make a post today. We also have the Kennedy, we have Kennedy Fly flygirls.com and then Kennedy Fly Girls Facebook group and we are working on a Twitter currently. Beautiful. Excellent. We'll be uh, sure to keep an eye out for you guys. Uh, two future pilots in the skies also working at NASA, aka overachievers, and I'm very jealous. Um, I will definitely be keeping in touch with them because I think I'm going to make another visit coming up here soon, so maybe we'll do a follow-up and just see where you are in your progress. Um, but in the meantime, reporting from uh, Long Beach, California for Women in Aviation International 2019 Conference, this is Victoria with the Stuck Mike Avcast. The After Landing Check wow those are gosh that was really cool i tell you victoria i could tell within your voice that that was you were really excited about being there very inspirational people both uh, i love uh, you know barbara and jennifer and, and all of them krista and, and rachel and natalie they're all terrific uh, women in aviation uh, the organization itself is awesome as a matter of fact uh, I, I don't think i announced this but in uh, aviation careers podcast is actually a corporate sponsor of uh, women in aviation so so uh, make sure you you go check them out and also check out the fact that, and we're very proud to be a member. Uh, as a male, you can be a, and uh, dogs too. No, wait, dogs can't be members, but uh, I hear I hear a uh, turbo in the background. <laughs> He's actually all excited about it too. But one of the things that you have to realize is- He's a is, big supporter. He is. He, yes, he is a big supporter. I've seen it in the photos. But you can be a member of Women in Aviation, uh, no matter who you are, uh, as long as you support the cause and you want to help people move forward and inspire people in aviation uh, it's a very inclusive group which I really love about women in aviation and uh, one of the things that I feel personally and you've heard some of that in some of the interviews and and you will hear that a lot is that we have to start 
at a young age. Uh, a lot of the career coaching I do over at uh, Aviation Careers Podcast is the first thing you hear, especially people from from other backgrounds, is that you know they never dreamed of becoming, I say, a pilot, an astronaut because they were a female, and uh, you know we're, that's kind of changed here in the U.S. But it's still it's still uh, not you don't see it in the numbers that they say the airlines, but it's happening, uh, and we're going in that direction, which is pretty cool. So uh, so we've turned the tide, that's for sure. I think. Yeah, and women in aviation at the conference, they have a Girls in Aviation Day um, on the last day, so they are actually promoting aviation to young women. And besides accepting both uh, male and female members, even though it's women in aviation, you do not have to be a pilot. So you can be any aspect of aviation. So there were people who were dispatchers. There were people who um, were mechanics. There were people who were pilots. So they had a whole range of anything related to aviation, which made it a a pretty cool and unique. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because there are so many different careers and also avocations. Remember, women aviation is not just uh, promoting careers. They're promoting everybody to get into aviation because of what it brings to your life. And I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, just like AOPA and all the other organizations do, they want to inspire people. They want to inspire young people to get into these things that will stretch them and make them better people. And, And a great example is uh, some of these young ladies that I see uh, over at the high school here in Lakeland, and they get their their private pilot certificate, and uh, it really does build their self-esteem. You know, it's like, well, what did you do this weekend? Well, I flew an airplane. Wow. Uh, and uh, that actually, I love seeing the smiles on the on the faces of, of these people and of these young ladies that are moving forward with their careers. Uh, so anyway, hats off to all the people there at Women in Aviation. And also, Victoria, hats off to you. I mean, you've been a real inspiration. Another thing that um, they did an official, I guess, announcement was that at Women in Aviation was uh, you actually won a scholarship. Yes. Yeah, so I got to accept the uh, Women in Aviation International CFI scholarship while I was there. So when I get back from Sun and Fun, I am not going to take a break. I'm going to go right into my training uh, two to three times a week and uh, hopefully be a CFI by the end of the summer. Awesome. Can't wait for that. And Victoria, I can't wait to see you at Sun and Fun and uh, see you out there on the deck. And I know you'll be out there doing some interviews. We'll have a live show from Sun and Fun. Uh, listen to all the interviews at liveatc.net slash SNF. And, uh, and don't forget, we're going to have a daily show. We have a lot of roving reporters out there. Stuck Mike Avcast and Aviation Careers Podcast, we both as a team come together and we actually volunteer our time over at Sun and Fun. So we we don't. We do all these interviews for Sun and Fun Radio. It's very important to me. Uh, volunteering and volunteerism is very important, and that's why uh, this is the one event I ask our team to really concentrate on volunteering. Of course, go out and have some fun. I'll be chained to the deck, as you know. Uh, this year, I'll be in charge of the whole live show uh, on the radio it station. It doesn't seem like work when you say the word volunteer. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun being on the station. I think I was there all day um, last year. The one, the time it rained, and we were just live um, and hanging out on the deck for like eight hours straight and it didn't feel like work it was a blast 
That's because we were talking about aviation. <laughs> and who, who doesn't want to do that? Well, I, I can't wait to see it. Victoria. And uh, I guess, you know, that we're, we're going to be publishing this on the first. So I guess I'll see you in a, in a couple of days and we will be live there. As long as my schedule goes fine, I'm actually flying in. I have to go fly a trip first and landing the day before. So hopefully I'll be on time. And uh, it's a great crew. We've already sold a whole bunch of tickets at Sun and Fun. And uh, I am really excited. We're going to have the Blue Angels. And we're going to have a lot of other really great shows. Patty Wagstab will be there. We'll have a lot of different folks that will be doing some amazing, uh, well, amazing air shows, but also some amazing vendors and some really cool airplanes. So make sure you get out there and and walk around the whole show. It's not not like Oshkosh. You can actually go and see everything. So definitely do that. Well, Victoria, I tell you what, let's go go, uh, get ready for uh, sun and fun. What do you say? Time to pack. <laughs> All righty. Well, folks, I appreciate your listening to this. Uh, like I said, look at the show notes here. Women in Aviation, I really would like to see you get involved. They have amazing scholarships out there. I think the last count was $675,000 worth of scholarships for women and also for men, for everybody. So go out there and check it out. Uh, and it's always growing, and there's so many people that want to help you out. And also, you'll be inspired by the organization and the magazine alone is awesome and uh, and the folks there are just terrific people well folks we'll talk to you next episode and safe flying see you at sun and fun you've been listening to the stuck mike abcast members of the stuck mike abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast compensation may be received in the form of but not limited to referral commissions free products or service trials our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show the stuck mike abcast is an aviation podcast and a valeri aviation corporation production Thank you.